Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. Welcome to the Husky Hockey Podcast, your number one resource for all things opening weekend uh, for the, for the Huskies. You cut, you come out hot with the sweep against the mighty vaulted uh, Richer St. Thomas, and uh, come away with two victories. That's probably the the most important thing. Uh, Andrew, how happy are you to have hockey back? I, I am extremely happy to have hockey back and extremely happy for two and oh. And as you said, that's, that's the important thing. We'll get into, uh, we'll get into the weekend here. Uh, you know, some, uh, musings as well, uh, from around the, from around college hockey here. So, but, uh, you know, starting it off, um, you know, do you want to go just kind of thoughts on the weekend as a whole, or do you want to go, you know, Friday and Saturday, what, or I'm sorry, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Uh, which uh, which which way do you want to hit it? Um, I, you know, we could probably go in depth on each game, but we could start with some maybe big picture thoughts first. Um, you know, they didn't blow me away. The Huskies did not blow me away uh, with the weekend. There were times that St. Thomas looked like a D one team. Um, you know, I was thinking that. In a cup, like I, the pieces I think are in place for St. Thomas. Oh. You know, obviously last year it, it's you kind of throw that into the wind, but um, you know they've uh, th- yeah, there were some times I was like this this looks like a team that they're going to surprise a couple in the CCHA, and I can even see them, you know, maybe maybe not middle of the pack, but I th- I think they're definitely going to. It wouldn't shock me to have them see some upsets a little bit later in the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't get too excited. I, I mean, I still don't think this is a team that's going to win, what, six, seven, eight games, uh, even in the conference that they play in. But I agree that they're, um, th- th- they're better than they were last year. Again, as we mentioned last week, tough not to be better than three wins uh, <laughs> from what it was last year. And I agree that they're – Two against the same team. <laughs> right. They, I mean, they have some, the, some transfers and – and whatnot and um and i agree that they're there's they have a decent setup the one thing that they're missing is is a, a rink um the uh yeah. the, the saint thomas uh, facility the one that the high school program plays in you know that's just not gonna do you many favors at the college level um but you'd think they got a big enough endowment that they can make something happen where uh, on campus you know, or at least a, a viable college facility um, in the near future, um, will help to elevate them to the next level. But they're right, you know, right in the Twin Cities. Great recruiting kind of footprint for them. They've got a you know experienced veteran coach at the helm. They they're in a conference that it won't take them forever to be able to c- compete. I think. Um, and so yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons for St. Thomas in the future to be. Competitive. I mean, another thing that kind of hampers them is the five-year postseason moratorium until they fully, you know, uh, are fully fledged members of, of NCAA hockey. They can't make the NCAA tournament banned from doing so. Or not banned. I mean, that's too strong of a word. That was just part of the agreement that they had from moving all their um, athletics up from D3 is they couldn't 
participate in the postseason for five years. Um, but once that's lifted, and like I said, in Minnesota, um, I, I anticipate, and I'm kind of looking forward to them becoming kind of a, you know, a, a, another Minnesota team. Right now, they're still sort of in the baby steps era, you know, and and when St. Cloud played there on, on Saturday, I was surprised pleasantly to, to hear, I mean, that, that crowd may have been more Husky fans than, than Tommy yeah. fans. I mean, it's, it's not a huge building, so it doesn't take a ton to, to pack it, but, um, you know, I can imagine maybe make playing, you know, they played them the first two years of St. Thomas's D1 existence, you know, having them be a sort of a regular non-conference foe, or hey, maybe 10 years down the road, we're talking about St. Thomas being in the same conferences as the Huskies who knows so I can see this being you know becoming a budding rivalry you just you won't be able to get there uh, until St. Thomas um, really steps up and becomes a viable kind of contending team but but they definitely did they definitely looked better than they did last year and maybe that's also that the Huskies didn't look as good Um, I I think obviously the big key or the big storyline maybe from the weekend is is the Josh Lutke injury yeah, just a, a bad omen to start the season as a team, and to say nothing about. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it sounds like cr- the the largest crisis is averted as far as it's not as serious as it may have been, as it may have looked right off the bat. Him getting hit hard. Did you see the hit at all? Um, I think there there was some video on the on the rink live. It wasn't the best video, but it didn't look like the most vicious hit. I mean, there was no penalty call in the play, um, but, you know, it went into the boards uh, awkwardly, and it really looked – and, of course, you didn't know who it was. Uh, mm-hmm. If you remember, too, like, they uh, – it was weird. Like, the first five minutes of the stream, the go, the Flow Sports stream, did not have an announcer. And yeah. So – and I was kind of like, I'd rather have no announcer than too much <laughs> announcer. Uh, and so – and I think right when the injury happened, it's kind of when the uh, announcer um, came back on. I think he was like a, also their radio guy, so I'm just assuming they had some problems syncing it to the video. But so we didn't know. I didn't even know whose what team it was, whose player it was, because we didn't have any any announcer to tell us any details. And then it quickly became clear it was a St. Cloud player. And whenever you get the stretcher out, you know that's that's never yeah. that's never a good sign. And, you know, Lukey, I, and that was the other thing. So, you know, it's St. Cloud player. And it's like, well, who would it, who is it? And I, all I could say, I'm just trying to piece together because I saw like Mietnin on the ice. He was like the guy that helped pull the uh, EMT onto the ice to, to try to, you know, get, make him get there as quick as possible. So I'm like, you know, Mietnin's on the top line. So I'm like, is, is this going to be like a top line player here? And sure enough, I mean, Lukey was the, Start of the game, I believe, as the one of the two point men, uh, and so, yeah, that's. I mean, it, it, I guess from the perspective of defense, might be the one area that they have a lot of depth. They can manage um, an injury like this, but who knows? We don't know how long the injury is. Maybe this extra week comes at a good time. The, the week off before Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Maybe Lukey's in the lineup in Wisconsin. Who knows? Um, maybe he's out for much much longer than that. But just. A bad way five minutes into the season to start. I I hope that's not setting the table for uh, a season filled of more disappointments and and stuff like that. I I'm I'm trying to stay positive though, but just not not the best way to start the year off there. I agree. Yeah, I didn't really see the hit. I didn't 
never really got a good angle um, at it. I mean, obviously, like you said about the rink and the, the production aside, tough to get those camera angles and whatnot. But, you know, but just the original, you know, kind of reaction of Lukey when he was just kind of on the ice and, you know, from accounts of people who were there, you know, they said it was, you know, kind of in the same eeriness as like when Drew LeBlanc, you know, shattered his shattered his leg. So, yeah, it, it, we've got the depth there, and all accounts so far is that you know he's progressing well as a person, um, as a player. Who knows how long this is going to be? You know, um, uh, looks like it was probably some type of a concussion. So you know he could be in the lineup against Wisconsin. He could be out of lineup for the rest of the year right. um, with how concussions go. So. Um, but hopefully, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, the big thing is, you know, we're all, we're all thinking of him and, um, you know, just hope for a speedy recovery. But as far as, um, you know, everything on the ice as, as far as, as the game concerned, you know, right after that, the team kind of rallied a little bit, uh, scored some goals. We had, uh, uh, Dylan Anhorn, uh, kind of blast at his first um everybody as, everybody i'm sure had dylan anhorn as the guy to, to score the first goal of the year i'm sure everybody have that on their bingo card right exactly so yeah and really all of the fresh faces kind of uh really made an impact in, in my opinion i thought everyone looked really good it's uh crookshank i think didn't look out of place at all back at center um i think he was used more as a wing at minnesota uh, but also was really good on the face-off dot, uh, limited their chances. But, um, you know, Caster stood tall when he was called upon. Uh, we gave up quite a few shorthanded chances, which, you know, uh, you know, you know, one for six on the power play isn't great there on Saturday. Um, and gave up a few, but we also got a lot of chances too shorthanded. Mike Miller had two or three different yeah. options at least, I think. Two breakaways so, shorthanded. Yeah, so I mean, you know, those going in, you know, uh, it 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 could be a different uh, a different story. But um, Adam Ingram also getting a point, you know, yeah. Dylan Anhorn, like you said, uh, a goal and two assists here on the weekend. So, uh, uh, three assists. He actually had four points in the weekend. Anhorn. Oh, yep, that's right. I. I have trouble counting. Yeah, Ingram was that's... was not, you know in that five minute uh, period with uh, with no announcer. Yeah, and being the first game of the year, the one the one good thing about an announcer there is he's saying the names because I just don't know the numbers yet of of these new players, and so it's like a minute in, I'm like, who's this thirty four? Uh, and <laughs> thirty four, and that is uh, that's a good way to to introduce myself to to Ingram, um, who yeah, that shot will play. Um, the 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 good news. Well, first off, when you said who's thirty four, was that in a you know a good aspect that, or yeah, in a no, bad no, aspect? Th- this is We're a like, player. Oh. Yeah, he's he's making his presence known early in the game, and uh, gotcha. And yeah, so that was a, that was a good thing. Um, yeah, that that shot. I, I can see why teams and NHL scouts are impressed by that. Um, high quality shot. Uh, yeah, and and the uh, you know mentioned like power play. They 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 got it going better on saturday night the huskies did 
I'm scoring a couple of goals on the power play, uh, three for seven on Saturday, but just the one for six, and, uh, or God, we're getting our days mixed up, I guess. One for six on the first game on Saturday, three for seven on Sunday, the second game. Um, and again, maybe we're basing this against the seven for 10 effort in the season opener last year, but was expecting a little bit more uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, you know, he made it three nothing after one, and you know, St. Thomas arguably outplayed them in that second period, I thought, on Saturday. Yeah. Right? Um, Husky seemed to, through both games, I thought, had the, the better of the grade-A chances for sure and, in general, dictated the majority of the play. But there were stretches where St. Thomas, like I said, looked fairly competent and uh, and was putting a, a, a decent amount of pressure. Shout-out to the goaltending um, for both uh, both games. Caster gets the start on Saturday and Bassey on Sunday. Like I said, both look good. Both weren't overly challenged. You know, just 11 shots uh, on Saturday and 15 shots on Sunday. Um, but needed to make a couple of great ace chances. Uh, each goalie did in the, in those games. Yep. I would say Bassey probably looked a little bit better, but maybe I'm just biased uh, from the Quinnipiac uh, disaster last year from, from Caster. Um, but... You know, uh, I know we'll be talking about goalies. We've got a question from from the audience about goaltending going forward. I, I would expect to see some sort of tandem here similar to this, at yeah, least at the I start agree. of the season. Um, I think the goal there is to eventually find a, a, a true number one, um, but especially at the beginning here playing non-conference games, I, I might expect sort of, One's got the first game, one's got the second game. Maybe not a strict, you know, one's got the the Friday, one's got Saturday. Maybe you could be switching around a little bit, but uh, um, I, I would almost expect that to continue uh, in the short term. And if you're going to give up one goal on the weekend, uh, that's not going to be a, a bad recipe for success. But again, it's St. Thomas. So you have to you know, couch that a little bit in the fact that you weren't playing the best the best team, but these wins count. You averted any sort of real disaster, you know, by, by losing any of these games, you know, Western can't say that. I say the same <laughs> uh, with their trip up to Anchorage. Um, so you, you did what you needed to do. Uh, you, you didn't knock my socks off, but this is a young, a young team. This is a, a team with a, a lot of newcomers, not necessarily just freshmen. You got some transfers involved there too, but so it's going to take a little time to, to, to create some chemistry, but the early results, uh, are positive. I'm not, again, I'm not, uh, I'm not overly, um, thrilled with the performance, but you won, you were, I thought clearly the better team over the six periods and, uh, you took care of business. So on to Wisconsin, uh, in a couple of weeks, um, but those are my big takeaways. If you want to get into the sort of details of each game, we can do that too. But this is kind of my bigger, bigger takeaways of the weekend. Yeah, it's it definitely on Saturday after, you know, you had Lucky go down, then, you know, your team kind of responded. You take a good lead into the second and then just kind of stumble out of that. That second period um, was a little bit of a concern for me. But, you know, they were able to kind of just lock it down, didn't give up too many, uh, you know, shots and the chances that did happen uh, 
Caster was just able to to come up big, and that's huge. Uh, you know, switching over uh, to Sunday, yeah, Bassey probably a little bit more controlled in net, uh, and I think, you know, power play a little bit better. Uh, some uh, passing a little bit crisper, limited those turnovers, so there was a lot less of those uh, uh, chances. But you know, three for seven, you convert on those chances, so it's it's a good. Um, it was a good recipe. Uh, for the Huskies, and I, I hope we can go ahead and can kind of continue that uh, as we go to Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin, um, in in two weeks, they also, uh, you know, kind of stumbled out of the gate. Um, you know, with the granted, it was an exhibition loss, but to Lakehead, yeah. So it's something called Lakehead. I've never heard of that, but if it's a fish, I don't want to eat it. I will say that. And uh, my concerns here is kind of the same concerns that I was saying about, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, Crookshane, I think, does help a little bit with the depth. But, you know, again, some of the, you know, know, uh, pieces and the people that were kind of thrown out there. Yeah. You know, the the Molinars and 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 whatnot. Little, you know, I brand i don't know i don't i don't know how we're gonna if, if i, I if just feel like giving, that's gonna be a little bit of a hole there i i don't anticipate ingram playing with those two guys on his line too much longer um i would just i would guess that he's gonna find some different line mates eventually i was not also impressed with the spalacy solquist and god who was the third guy on that line was it rogers um, yeah, and it was it was interesting and not surprising on Saturday. On Saturday, on Saturday it was not surprising yep. on Sunday that those three guys all sat in favor of what a Sean um, was a Wiley or a coin was one of them. Uh, it, they had a, an entirely different fourth line. Um, Rosborough, both sides. Rosborough, which was nice to see him. Um, it's nice to see these new guys pretty much all get uh, 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 some playing time. I don't know. If and I do wonder if that was the plan. I you know, think from that, the, you I know, would assume probably try to get everybody some ice time. Yeah. Trey ball sits on Sunday uh, in favor of, was that Wiley? Yep. That was Wiley. So, and right. Uh, Reiner's also, we forgot him. Um, maybe that was the fourth line guy on Sunday with a coin uh, and Rosboro. So it was nice to see that they all sort of got a shot on the weekend and, like I said, I do think that was by design. I like Crookshank on Sunday. I didn't see much of him on Saturday, but I liked him on Sunday. And I think he's gonna, he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a good year. He might be a sneaky sort of, like most valuable player for this team if if things go right. You know, like because uh, I think he's gonna bring some leadership. He's been around the block, a couple of different programs now, and uh, you know, I was surprised actually how St. Thomas how well they were doing a faceoff dot on Saturday. Crookshank Saturday, can, yeah. And I think Crookshank can, you know, those, the winning the faceoffs is one of those under the radar uh, stats, uh, and I, I think he can he can do he can bring a, a good presence uh, in, in the faceoff dot um, down the stretch. Uh, maybe I'm bearing the lead here. Uh, I really liked uh, Mietnin four point weekend, um, and wasn't you know, and they're all assists, right? 
um, was not. I mean, he, he had. He, uh, well, he had you know, the he had first one, goal. Yeah, yeah that's on, right. That's right. Yeah, he had the first goal on Sunday, right after the one that was waved off. Correct. Which uh, was one yeah. of the weirdest. I still don't know where that puck hit. I mean, it looked like it hit something, and like I thought maybe it hit the back post. You know, the center support post. Because it like the, the the net moved, mm-hmm. but you couldn't see it on the replay. So I maybe there was ghosts in the building I think, for some reason. Yeah, I think what happened is that it hit the puck, or the the puck when it hit the pipe, it went you know like kind of out or like across the goal line and down, and then it hit the ice, and then just the spin of it kind of pushed it back to underneath the goalie is kind of yeah. how I looked at it. It was very strange. Um, it was very magic bullet theory type of how <laughs> this puck didn't end up going in the net. Um, and then uh, Mietnin just uh, didn't make any, um, you know, you didn't have to second guess the, the next shot. But uh, that one definitely went in. And, you know, yeah, like you said, it was it was very good to see Mietnin with, you know, kind of how he played, you know, during stretches of last season, how he was able to bounce back this season. Uh, or in this weekend, so that was I was I was very happy to see. Yeah, that. and and three assists. Whereas he, you know, we haven't seen him be like so much of a playmaker. You know, he's a guy that was it last year that we were talking about. He he leads the team in shots, but they're all these kind of lesser quality, kind of perimeter shots, which is I think what his game was the first two years was you know, similar to Ingram. You know, I got that killer shot. Let me see how many goals against snipe by the goaltender and if he's you know viewing last year's struggles as sort of a motivation to make some changes in his game be more of a, a, a puck feeder rather than just merely a shooter i think that could uh, bode very well for this team i was mostly uh, most pleasantly not, maybe not surprised but impressed let's say with mietin's play on this weekend and uh, if if he's gonna become more of an all around player like that, watch out. Maybe that sort of player of the pre player of the year from last year, which kind of looked embarrassing at the end of the year. Maybe that was just a year early. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying <laughs> right? to be uh, optimistic here. So good yeah. good to see good to see stuff out of him and and from the defense as well. Uh, I thought Zemer played very well. Um, he's a guy that. He's a guy that is plays above his weight. Is that the phrase? Like he's a physical guy and he's not like a huge physical player, like size wise, but he throws Mm -hmm. the weight around and, and he was uh, very interested in, in playing a physical game there. And I, I I was impressed by him. Maybe he had some extra motivation now that, you know, Lukey goes down and uh, he stepped up and I don't think he's a, offensive minded player, but you don't need to have those. You don't need to, I mean, and whereas Anhorn, I think, you know, with four points, it's easy to kind of say he seems more offensive than defensive, but he also did have some, I thought, um, not so great defensive plays. One where kind of give a cough up at the blue line that sprung a St. Thomas player for a breakaway on Sunday's game. I can see some sort of sloppiness on the defensive side from him, but if he's going to put up, you know, four point weekends, I'll, I'll take a, you know, taking a dump at the line every now and then. Um, and is, as long as there is a mixture of those kind of players at the back end, you know, a guy like Trayball, 
I don't think he's like world all worldly as a defenseman, but there's a lot of team, a lot of programs in this country that would kill to have a guy like Trey Ball, and he was their healthy scratch on Sunday. So, yeah. and that's with that's counting that factoring in the Lutke injury. So, that should give you an idea of the amount of depth that this team has. And you know, I, I wasn't also I was not impressed with Bushy either. I thought he kind of had a rough weekend. But the other defensemen I thought were were very good. Meyer getting in the scoring action uh, on Sunday. Um, and so at Pert, um, Peart, Pert, it was funny. I was listening to a podcast. They had mentioned Neil Pert, uh, the drummer from Rush. And then later oh, yeah. on, later on, the guy, the same person said, Neil Peart. And I'm like, <laughs> so we're doing the same thing. We're, we're not. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, it's not just, it's just our fault. Yeah. So. It's not just Jack. And maybe it's just the name is, it's a tricky one, but I thought mm-hmm. he played very well with, with some poise and, uh, it looks like he's getting more comfortable with college game. And so uh, a lot to take away, a lot of pluses to take away, and, and a lot of you know things that they could work on as well. But you got the extra week here, so maybe you'll be able to use that to the advantage going into, uh, going into Madison. Yep. And that was you know my biggest surprise when I saw the lineup on Saturday was that it was Peart and Ludke as a pairing. Yeah. Because yeah. I I was very much in the camp of I like I like the balance. You have one of them who's maybe is your little bit more steady, stay at home type of responsible defenseman, and you have kind of one of a, a running gunner. Um, and you know we saw a lot of running gun from Peart and Woodkey last year. Um, and I think that can lead to obviously some gaps and some holes there in defense. Um. So like I would, you know, in my mind, pair one of them with like a tray ball or something, maybe a little more steady and reliable. Uh, but I was really excited to see how that goes, and unfortunately, obviously, the injury happened, so I wasn't able to see. Uh, but you know, that's something that uh, definitely going to look for. Um, you know, kind of coming up in, in the uh, in the in the over the over the season if um, uh, Loki ends up getting healthy. Um, any, you know, some of the fresh faces, um, anyone kind of stick out other, obviously, you know, Ingram, he's got, he's got some size, he's got some speed, he's got a shot. I'm really looking forward to seeing him, but, um, I thought Ashan had, you know, a couple of good plays. O'Coin, I think had like one or two really good shifts, <laughs> but other than that was, yeah. uh, you know, you know, a little, uh, you know, kind of getting his, uh, getting his feet wet, but. Um, and then Bassey, uh, in that, I know he's uh, obviously not a freshman, but, um, you know, he swallowed up anything that kind of came to him. I do agree. He looked a little bit more in poise. Um, and maybe that just kind of comes from the experience, you know, Caster doesn't have a lot of starts, um, to his name where Bassey definitely does. So it's, um, yeah, I can see this, uh, kind of platooning throughout, uh, at least the first half of the season. Uh, as we get into the conference play and then maybe someone will emerge and then we ride them. But, you know, I'm, I'm fine with uh, the tandem as long as they keep pushing each other. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I'm wondering if we're just expecting Caster on Friday, uh, Bassey on Saturday in Wisconsin, I wouldn't be shocked if it's uh, maybe they'll do that until it doesn't work and then they change it mm-hmm. up. Who knows? But yeah, uh, I, I, Agreed with the uh, with the young players. Didn't see. I mean, even Ingram. I thought. 
I mean, he didn't, other than the shot on Saturday, the goal on Saturday, you didn't hear a ton out of him. Um, although, I, like I said, I think his presence was was made known pretty early on Saturday, and he's a guy that stands out for sure. Uh, and I agree that a coin, I thought he's got some some potential. Um, well, uh, yeah, it's 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 early, and I you can't really make a great judgment just based on one series or one game with some of these guys. But uh, so far, so good. And, um, again, just excited to see how these guys develop, um, and especially the forwards. You know, like I, I think that is the biggest area of concern is sort of scoring depth and seeing who can stand, you know, if we have a fourth line at least right now that is sort of up for grabs. Uh, you know, we got guys that are getting, you know, we got Spalacy wears a letter, you know, he's getting, he's, he's getting one game out of two on the weekend. That shows me that there's definitely a competition here and an opportunity for some guys to grab hold of a spot and keep it. Uh, and that's, that can be a good thing for a team that sort of competitive, um, nature, between the players, you know, they, they can push each other to be, to be better. And that pushes the team to be better, you know, cause you know, looking back to the number one overall seed years, um, those were four line deep teams. Uh, it hasn't been the same, quite the same in the last few years. And that's not to say that that's like a indictment of your program. Like most teams don't have a killer fourth line. I mean, if you do, you're going to probably be in the frozen four. Like that's, yeah. that's how good you are. But you know, in past years, you know, at least the three top three lines and, and being able to shuffle in between units too, always been a strength of St. Cloud. So if we can see something that resembles that where, you know, we got 12 forwards uh, each night, you know, that might be out of a, a group of 16 and a couple are cycling in and out of the lineup. You know, that's, that that's a good thing too. So uh, it's just, as you said, excited to, to, for the season to start again. Like again, me being in other sports mode for the last few months. Once that puck dropped on Saturday, though, it's like it's hockey season. Like I was, I yep. watched that Anchorage game afterwards. I was, you know, watching the Miami, the end of the Miami game and the Duluth game on my iPad at sort of the same time. I was already firing, you know, four cylinder uh, uh, hockey games uh, on Saturday night. So uh, it's a lovely time of year. Yep, very much so. So, player of the weekend. Uh, who got a I, couple to choose from? In my opinion, who who do you got? I was gushing. Or should I her? just, or should I just go the Go Huskies Woo player of the weekend? Sure, well, should I start with his? Thoughts? Yeah, let's let's do that. So, um, uh, he just had a couple of musings uh, as well. Uh, goalies, you know, um, he said that there were he was. He thought they were a little bit better than expected. Uh, made a couple of tough one on oh, two on oh saves. Um, uh, he was not happy with some of the zone entrances, um, that they were a little bit lackluster and led to some odd man rushes. I think that you were saying about, uh, you know, kind of coughing it up there in the blue grind. Um, Ingram, uh, you know, guy that adds speeds, he says it's gonna be a top scorer really quickly. Um, I think there's gonna be a little bit of a learning curve, uh, but I think. You know, I'm excited for for uh, his development. Um, really big fan of uh, Brady's uh, of Zemer's game. Happy that uh, he got two, and uh, wants to see a lot of Trable out there. Uh, was really impressed with kind of his. Must have been disappointed on Sunday then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Uh, I think he wants to keep Trable in the lineup. So, um, but uh, yeah, just happy with the defense plays. Uh, his uh, player of the weekend is Yami Cronowa. Uh, okay, which uh, a little bit of a surprise to me, uh, but I think it was just the fact that he was able to kind of control everything, and every time that he touched the puck, he made a play. And um, he was just good on he, – he stood out on pretty much every shift that he was on. Um, and I kind of – I like that pick. Um, he definitely was a uh, a force when it comes to, you know, kind of being the headmaster when it comes to that line and getting, um, you know, making the right plays, getting it to, you know, Okabe or Miatnin and uh, – some prime scoring chances and just being all around responsible. So that was his uh, player of the weekend. Uh, uh, your thoughts on Yami's game, or if you just want to go into yours, what do you got? I think Randall is a, a, a good pick. Um, I, I'm going to go with his line mate. I was gushing about him earlier, but I, I was going to go with Miatnin for my player of the weekend. I don't need to repeat sort of my little spiel about it earlier, but you know, having, Cranola and Mietnin, and, and we'll wait for your player of the weekend. Um, but, you know, both, you know, line mates and sort of being the ostensible top line for this team. Um, I think that's a good sign that we got a good, yeah, and this is a line too, even with Mietnin struggles last year. Uh, this was a line that is a dynamic one. When they're clicking, Okabe too is, you know, popped in a goal on, on Saturday. Um, and so this is a line that can, that they can go far if they're if they're high flying the they have the potential of carrying the offense so good sign that we've we've got two guys in the same line sort of being represented here that's bodes well um for the rest of the year if that line can can be deadly uh so what is your uh who is your player of the weekend well uh Mietnin, uh was the nchc forward of the week uh, so that was, uh, that was, um, the uh, NCHC brass, I guess. I mean, I don't know who votes on those or I if wonder. it's just uh, a social media intern that just, uh, kind of throws the dark. I don't know. Pits, but... I, I don't know if coaches are involved with that. I mean, that would be a good question to ask. I'll, uh, I'll talk to Heather Weems at yeah, do the that. Uh, next school board meeting or whatnot. If, if she ends up winning. So maybe it's just the commissioner. Um, it's the commission's pick, you know, it's the, yeah, exactly. Um, and the defenseman of, of the week was, uh, Dylan Anhorn. And that is actually going to be my player of the week. Um, now I do stay, agree that staying he did in have family, a huh? couple, keep, 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 keep it in the, in the bloodlines, right? Uh, just all just how very Targaryen, the, the nepotist um, of the week, Dylan Anhorn, <laughs> but mostly because I didn't expect this much. I guess puck movement out of him. Um, I think he was, uh, you know, he's he's a guy that's going to definitely press the action. And when it comes to him and and Peart and Meyer, and you know, we're going to have a really dynamic back line. Um, you know, we're probably you know, just if you know, all of this play kind of continues. Um, you know, again, obviously St. Thomas, but we might have one of the higher scoring defensive core in the nation. Um, you know, obviously a lot of that is going to depend on Luke Key's health as well. 
but it's something that I'm definitely going to look forward to. And I, I think just, I thought he was uh, dynamic moving the puck and, you know, he got his first goal. Uh, so he's going to be uh, my player of the weekend um, uh, for, for the Huskies. I like that. Three, three uh, voters and three winners. Right. Spread, exactly. Spreading the love around. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, uh, you know, we can kind of switch over to uh, national news um, or, you know, any other rumblings. We've got a couple of questions. I don't know if we have a sponsor for this episode, uh, but we can break for that if we do. No, no sponsor this week. We should we should mention. We should get uh, Grandpa back on the phone. I, I should. That's you're 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 right. I, I, I needed to start hustling again here. Um the NCHC they, they apparently didn't like uh Bernard Longer was uh giving too much uh was asking too much up to his price. They had to cut out some of the bottom ones. That 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 is possible. Uh, uh, I know how this business goes. It's cutthroat. It is. It is. Um but yeah, let's maybe recap kind of what happened last week. Just had maybe just the relevant uh, conference. You know, not not much in terms of actual games you know he had some exhibition matchups as you mentioned with wisconsin dropping their exhibition game you know denver uh, north dakota they were playing exhibition games within the conference for real games or within i guess non-conference play miami beats uh, ferris f and state a win in overtime and then a regulation win according to college hockey news by the way they did tweak the um RPI weightings for overtime wins instead of the 55 45 weighting, it's now two thirds and one third. So what? 66 points and 34 points. So they made okay. an overtime win, which snuck under the radar for me. Uh, I, that was the first time I had heard that. Interesting. Um, so that means overtime wins mean a little more than they did last year, which I'm not a fan of. If you're still doing the stupid three by three, three on three in overtime, uh, I was f- better with the closer to a tie uh, being the result. But they mean more. So things like Duluth going to overtime against Arizona State, but winning in overtime means more than what it did last year than Duluth. Um, also picks up a, a regulation win against Arizona State on Saturday. That might not be a terrible uh, re- uh, result for them. It's, I, I think Arizona State has a, has a chance of being decent this year. So a good, yep. good start for, for Duluth, good start for Miami. As, as I said, although Ferris, not very good themselves. Um, and Miami had to uh, score a, a late-minute, like a last-minute goal on, on Saturday just to salvage the, uh, the tie. Um, yeah, it was a true tie. I don't know if I said it was the overtime. It was a, a tie on Saturday and then a win on Sunday for Miami. Uh, and then Western Michigan, which we alluded to, uh, goes up to Anchorage, Anchorage's first action in since the pandemic, right? Um, yeah, since early 2020. And uh, Anchorage pulls out a win there on Friday and Western comes back on or on Saturday, I guess, and then Western wins on Sunday. But that's a loss that might loom large for Western. Yeah. Do not think that Anchorage is going to be very good. Should mention, too, Joey Lamaru got the start for Anchorage, former Husky, 
still wearing the Husky helmet, uh, <laughs> by the way. I saw that. Uh, but he was removed, and he played pretty well, I thought, um, but then was removed sometime in the third period. They said, uh, I guess, a cramping issue, so did not play on Sunday. Um, be interesting to see that. Who was the other uh, bat? Was it um, who's the Swedish uh, or Scandinavian backup that also that tra- uh, ah, what's his name? Is that tip my uh, Rayola? Is that it? Was that what it was? Mar- or, uh, Rasmus yep. Rayola. Rasmus he Rayola. also did the uh, transfer to to Anchorage to get some good playing time for his senior year, and from what I remember, that did not go as well for him, but. For the two and a half periods that Lamru played against Western, he looked pretty pretty decent. So let's see if uh, mm-hmm. see if he becomes their regular starter this year. But uh, tough loss for Western. Uh, although it was nice seeing Anchorage back. I've always loved those uniforms, and they added like the Sea Wolves lettering yeah. on top of the logo. I don't know if you saw that. And so that was mm-hmm. it. Was nice to see them back in back in action. Uh, it, it is there is something beautiful about the late night Anchorage games. And if they're going to make them freely available on YouTube, which is what they were this week, uh, that might be a, a regular routine for me. Yeah, uh, it is nice to see to see Anchorage back. Well, especially for you, it's not uh, it's not even that late for you. Yeah, they're they're so. one hour. I'm one hour behind them, so, um, or one hour ahead, I guess. So one it's, hour it's, ahead, it's, right? Yeah, so their seven o'clock would be my eight o'clock. Oh, but that well, that will change because Arizona, Arizona does not observe daylight savings time, but it the clock changes. So right now I'm in Pacific time zone, but when you guys go to daylight savings time, we'll essentially we'll move yeah, we'll to mountain. mountain, so we'll be two hours behind. But uh, anyway, it was good to see that. I guess the only other real notable result, you know, the Gophers sweep Lindenwood also with their first uh, with their first series in D one. But that Sunday game was a little interesting, probably too it was interesting a for little, a for little too interesting taste. for Bobby M. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lindenwood had a lead in that game uh, briefly in the second period, and then then they tied it back up early in the third uh, before the Gophers took control and, and won six to four on Sunday. So that was, you know, it got a little hairy there uh, for a little bit, but again, crisis averted. L- Linden, yeah. Lindenwood had 31 shots there on, on, um, yeah. on uh, Sunday's game. Wondering, you know, them, so, so it's, it's them and Stonehill and Anchorage and Lindenwood, you know, it, it, I guess it'd be reasonable to expect them to be the best of those three teams. I don't know anything about Stonehill. Um, but uh, at least compared to Anchorage, Lindenwood was a club team, but they were a very good club team. Like, I think they won the national title for the club teams last year, and they've won, I think, multiple uh, national titles. Uh, obviously, club is a bit of a different skill level than yep. D1, but as opposed to Anchorage, which seems more of a ragtag sort of kind of the team that St. Thomas put out last year, uh, I, I would have. I mean, I think I think Lindenwood and Anchorage play. Maybe that'll be the uh, the the title of the newcomers. Get a trophy, a trophy game yeah. out of it. Give it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's good to see a couple of new programs uh, kick off their their D one era this this weekend. And at least in Anchorage's case, re reboot the tradition. And then one of uh, you know. Of of games that matter at least uh, one that also kind of stuck out to me was 
uh, Northeastern and Long Island yeah. University. Yeah. Um, where, um, you know, uh, it was uh, two to two there uh, going into overtime uh, before uh, Northeastern was able to, to pull it out in the extra period. But, uh, you know, a lot of high hopes for North Northeastern. Yeah. So to see them maybe uh, struggle a little bit again, giving up 33 shots to to Long Island is <laughs> I don't think that's a big recipe for success there. So yeah, I caught that, I caught the end of that game too and I think Northeastern was was picked uh, as hockey east winner uh, in the preseason in their preseason poll. I think so. Um uh, but and and Levi too coming back is probably I would say mm-hmm. at, at this point the hope or the uh, Mike Richter uh favorite just based on last year's result. Uh, and, you know, he kind of looked human. And their thing last year was they just couldn't score. They had one guy, McDonough, who scored probably over, you know, a, a large percentage of their goals last year because they were winning a lot of one nothing, 2 to one type games, and Levi was just the reason that they were winning those games. But, uh, yeah, it's not getting those full win points against a team like Long Island. That's, that's not good. But, you know, again, you averted the worst-case scenario in losing those games. So uh, you don't want to wreck your season the first game of the year. That's that's Right, that's right Western. So, right, yeah, right Western. Yeah. So a uh, friend of the show, Dan Jacobson, his question was, you know, uh, you know, some of the games that didn't matter, obviously Denver, shocker, 10-0 over UNLV. Um, you know, I don't put a lot of stock into exhibition games. And I don't think a lot of people should, but obviously we got to talk about Omaha Mankato. Nah, <laughs> I think we don't. It's nah. <laughs> I I mean I trashed Omaha last podcast and putting up a seven. It puts spot me in a weird I... position to be the Omaha fan of this podcast. So <laughs> I don't know how much I want to gush over. I mean, and this was Maverick on Maverick crime. You know, with it with them it's... and Mankato. So. The Mavs were two guaranteed Mavericks under one one Maverick. one leaves, but it's you know I but I was also down on Minnesota State, um and uh, you know granted I said Northern Michigan has a chance and they lost, but um you know kind of looking at it, which uh, do you think is more of a shocker, Western Michigan uh, losing at Alaska Anchorage or um just kind of the drumming that uh, Mankato put and Omaha was able to score seven i I thought it would be like three series before (laughs) omaha score seven which still i guess might be the case it's still nobody yeah it's it it still didn't quite count i I do think that that was a surprising result just the score uh was surprising but still i i have to give it to anchorage beating western as being the more what was the question more shocking result or um or what do you put more weight into what exactly was dan's question uh, more surprised in Omaha more beating surprised. Mankato in the exhibition yes. or Western Michigan losing to Anchorage S- in a real game. Still, yeah, I, I, I would say I was more surprised at, at Western losing that game. And, and you know, as we mentioned in our, our preview podcast, you know, we both had, I think we both had Western at five. So it's not like we have yep. a huge amount of faith in in them having another good year this year. But, 
and probably just in retrospect, probably a tough situation. You, you got the fans back there for the first time. It's the reboot of the program and probably some extra momentum, new coach, all of this. And, uh, and then you have, you factor in the traditional sort of Alaska travel excuses, you know, the, oh, yeah. jet, the jet leg and, and all that kind of good stuff. So maybe Western, that Bob loved tra- those <laughs> trap game for Western. Um, but, uh, you just, like I said, when we're previewing the St. Thomas series, you don't want these series to count in pairwise because if they do, that means you lost uh, one of the games. Lost, yeah. And and that's that's the issue for Western. Um, I guess the the one benefit from going to West, going up there for Western is they get two extra games this year because they take advantage of the uh, Alaska exemption. Um, so maybe they can add some more revenue to uh, to the gate because of that but that's a long way to travel uh and, and quite the cost there in a in a big loss potentially big loss i mean maybe they're a 500 mm-hmm. team and this doesn't matter materially in their postseason push but there's a decent chance that it might uh you might look at the end of the year and do the uh the chn pairwise uh, editor and see that they could have jumped uh, a few spots if they weren't uh if they didn't drop this game did you so you watched a little bit of the game, the the Saturday game or, or the Sunday game? Did you say that you watched any, uh, For, any of that game, the, the the Anchorage Western game? Oh, I didn't get a chance to watch it. No, well, so on Saturday I didn't watch the Sunday. But game. but I saw like the jerseys, like yeah. I saw pictures and highlights, but I didn't see the full game. So it was three to one. I think it was like five minutes to go in the third on Saturday in Western. It's like a play where the goaltender is out of the crease playing the puck and a Western guy skates by him, kind of makes contact with his skate, I think inadvertently. Goalie falls down, puck was loose, and sort of an, an open net opportunity that Western scores on. And then they review the play, and they, they, wave, they end up waving the goal off for goalie interference. But you, get, you should take a look at it because – this wasn't what I think goalie interference is. Oh, this wasn't geez. a shot from the point, and we're looking to see. This was the goaltender was out of the crease. It was not a shot opportunity. If anything, which, what they did is they missed a penalty. It should have been a penalty on the Western player. So maybe from the justice standpoint, Western didn't deserve the goal. <laughs> but I hated the, the review process <laughs> of it. Justice. And Firstweiler did, too. We agreed on the fact that that was a BS review. I just bring it up and say, you know, we had this whole thing. We talked about it on one of the summer podcasts. If they changed the rules or announced the rule changes about video review, if this is any evidence, it's just it's still going to be the same broken system. Oh, yeah. And we're still going to be reviewing stuff that has no business being reviewed and waving, taking goals off the scoreboard that should not be taken away. So, again, maybe the first game of the year setting a, a mood for a season Hopefully that's not being the case with St. Cloud and Lukey's injury, but hopefully that's also, I guess if you're a Western fan, you don't want that to sort of set the, set the mood for the season either. But as, as someone that really didn't care all that much about that game, I was still sort of like, why, why are you reviewing this right now? So I guess I'm in mid season form is what I'm saying. <laughs> sure enough. So, um, yeah. Uh, Huskies, uh, off. Uh, but if you if you paid for Flow Sports for the month, um, you you get uh, Minnesota State Minnesota, uh, so that should be a fun game. Um, 
you know, as far as NCHC, um, you know, for, for next week, it's, it's, it's a little bit dry. Uh, so it's kind of surprised that it was a little bit of a open weekend for, you know, quite a few teams, I guess, unless I'm missing something. Yeah. Who do we got? We, we got North Dakota hosting Holy Cross. We got Omaha so- hosting Niagara. And Miami is at Lowell and okay. Colorado College is home against Anchorage. Oh, uh, I guess Denver is home against Notre Dame. Yeah, Denver. So maybe got I'm the, just uh, Denver's got the icebreaker. Um, icebreaker and they're playing it at two separate rinks playing at Denver and Air Force. But that Notre Dame Denver game should be a pretty decent game. I might tune into that. I'm sure I will mm-hmm. tune into that. I want to watch a little bit of that go for. Mankato State or Mankato game as well. Um, Wisconsin, you know, looking ahead to the Huskies' next opponent, they're actually playing conference games next weekend. They're going to be playing um, at Ohio State, which is very interesting. Usually, they do not. Big Ten is usually the last of the conferences to start their their conference slate. So very interesting to see them playing uh, a conference uh, series already. And, you know, Ohio State coming off a sweep of Mercyhurst, and they, you know, they, I think, were the last team out last year or one of the last one or two teams out and bringing back a lot of their teams. So they should be pretty decent, and I'm sure they'll probably be favored, especially at home against Wisconsin. So I'm just, I'll, I'll have an eye on that game just because I kind of want Wisconsin to just take a couple on the chin, you know. And, and go into that uh, that that St. Cloud series kind of wounded and, and and licking their wounds and not playing very well. Or maybe maybe you want the opposite. Maybe they want you want them to sweep and then they're coming in with big heads and then St. Cloud comes in and 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 knocks them back down to size. I, I don't know, but I I will be keeping an eye on that uh, Wisconsin series just because that is the uh, the next team on the docket for the for the Huskies. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so it's, uh, you know, enjoy. It's it's weird to have an off week so soon. Yeah. Uh, But um, like like we said earlier about Lukey, maybe this is uh, this is the right time. So Uh, only one other question. uh, And it's uh, what uh, transfer impressed you the most, which um, obviously was from my mother. So. uh, I can't imagine she's actually listening, but um, uh, obviously Dylan Anhorn um, really stuck out to me. But um, you know, with uh, Bassey and Crookshank uh, as well, I mean, I think they perform their roles really well. So yeah, it's a tough um, question, actually. I mean, they they all play yeah because well. and. I think it's because Dylan Anhorn had oh, you know a few more question marks. You know, I didn't exactly know what we're getting. Obviously, you've got stat lines, and that's about it. But uh, to see him perform like he did uh, and uh, put up the points and move the puck, I was uh, I was really impressed with uh, how he played, and really excited to to see him take off in the Cardinal and Black. So, um, what were your thoughts? Some of the transfers. Agreed. Crookshank, uh, 14 for 19 on faceoffs on Saturday. And that was, of course, for the game he, that was not the game that he scored the goal and had the assist. That was on Sunday. And so, like I said, those, those little things, um, bringing that experience, um, 
bringing that uh, leadership quality. Um, I I was not like super high on when they when they got him, like just because his his numbers as a career have been, you know, they're, they're not going to knock your socks off. But I think that he brings a lot of the intangibles, and uh, I think he's going to be a very important player on this team. So and, and yeah, it's hard to hard to ignore Anhorn and four points right out of the gate as a defenseman, and then even more hard to ignore Bassy throwing a shutout in his Husky debut. Yeah. So all of the above, can I, can I say that? I mean, you can, I'm going to, you know, call you a chicken, but sure. Yeah, I know. Ahead. All right. I'll, I'll play into the nepotism and I'll say Dylan Ann- and I'll, <laughs> I'll say Dylan Anhorn. Uh, keep it in the well um, family lines. Yep. Exactly. Um, However, Crookshank did not have nearly as good of a time at the faceoff dot on Sunday. Yeah, I think it was he was about half and half on on Sunday. But um, uh, definitely only five losses on, uh, you know that uh, that that does a lot obviously with puck possession. So, um, yeah. Uh, any uh, final thoughts here before we wrap up? Kind of kind of keep this to a what a tight hour? Yeah, this which is, is, uh, this is new for us, us but. Yeah, I kind of like it. No game kinda, to preview. So. No game to preview. Um, and we won't have an off day for a while or an off weekend uh, for a while after this, I think, till Thanksgiving. So yep. you're, stu- you're, you're stuck with the longer podcasts uh, from. We'll from do what we can. Maybe we'll try to. Maybe, maybe I'll stop stuttering. Who knows? Yeah, we always say that. Um, but <laughs> we never quite stick to it but let's see maybe if you like the shorter podcast if you say hey i'm glad i didn't have to hear you guys for another half hour let us know that but if, if you want the extra yeah. half hour then let us know that too um tw- twitter for uh, maybe we could do like a director's cut episode as well uh where we can release yeah, both see that would that'd be like if if our podcast was actually the snyder cut something that was uh listened to by a lot of people which yeah. ours is not then that that's like what people do with the uh, Patreon, right? Like they get the extras, yep. <laughs> they get the extras on Patreon, like, right? Exactly. Uh, so if you want the extra, the, the fan that we have, the Dan that Jacobson exist. that's listening, yes, this would be the <laughs> the Dan Jacobson level of the Patreon, be the Dan one Jacobson one patron only. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, well, that about does it uh, for Weldy and uh, Andrew. Uh, thank you so much for listening and uh yeah uh, until next time go huskies Woo!